We want to be free. We want to be free to, to do what we want to do. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a party. Hello, and you're listening to episode four of the YesCast with Aaron Membro, Rhys Crilly, Rhiannon Spear, and me, Jim Mark. So in The Guardian this week, there was an article about the armed forces and the MOD targeting uh, those uh, from disadvantaged backgrounds, particularly 17 and, uh, 16 and 17-year-olds uh, for the infantry. What do you guys think about that? Do you think that's the case? What do you think is going on here? Um, if, it's certainly my experience that, I mean... The, my um, interaction with the with the adverts are you know the glossy adverts you see on on the television, and they're certainly certainly for me glamorise this uh, army lifestyle. I'm always very sceptical that you know the experience of army life is actually anything like this international world travelling glamorous um, thing that's portrayed on our TVs. Also, as you know, the vans that went round the recruitment vans that went round on the side of them that said earn a wage and I just think that is so problematic like the way to be marketing a, a career in the army is just simply will pay you and that to me speaks wonders that they are actually targeting people who currently don't have a wage currently aren't earning any money um so yeah I, I would agree it's it, yeah they're, they're definitely targeting people who are currently out of the job market which yeah worries me yeah absolutely it's it's quite troubling isn't it that it's not um you know, the army isn't trying to recruit people from kind of all walks of life. It's specifically focusing on people from disadvantaged areas in various parts of England and Scotland um, and kind of coming to them as a, as a last resort. Um, yeah. And, I've, and what's also been seen is advertisement on school buses, buses that have been used um, in school hours, um, as well as using quotes such as make yourself better and belong. Belong was another yeah. one. I think one of the ones they're running with on the TV right now is find a place where you belong or something like that. And it's just, for me, looking at it, it, it seems to come across as they're marketing this towards someone who doesn't feel like they belong in society at the moment. Maybe they're completely out of the job market and they're looking for something to take them away from their current situation, which for me, that means that these people who are feeling completely alienated from society, feeling out of it, they've been massively failed by the UK government as it is. And therefore, the, the army are kind of portraying to them that the only solution to that is to join and have a career in the army. And I just think, oh my goodness, you're mentioning about um, school buses, Erin. Have you, have you experienced that yourself? Well, I've seen um, a poster on a school bus um, as they say, they talk about gaining a wage, they talk about making yourself better, which are all pretty personal things. Yeah. And also when you're a young person and you know that the job market is going to be quite competitive, you know, it looks like everyone's going to university and getting degrees and really what you want to do is make money and make a good life for yourself. Mm -hmm. And that kind of prospect can be can be quite enlightening, can make you think, well, maybe this is just for me. That's what I want to do. 
I think one of the things that really concerns me is when often when I talk to people about, about the age of recruitment um, being 16, 17, they say, oh, it's a good thing because it means that our, our young 16, 17 year olds, boys and girls, can go and they can become nurses, they can become engineers, they can become doctors, they can become, you know, have valued skills which they can take outside of the armed forces life and contribute to our society and it's paid for by the armed forces and they're doing a service while doing it. But actually, having had read this Guardian article and actually having done a bit of research since I've read it, what really shocks me is that in the MOD's own recruiting guides, they have um, they, they say that they want 16, 17-year-old boys, particularly for the infantry, to make up a shortfall in standard entry recruits post 18 year old recruits and actually having had a look at the figures we're talking about 44 percent of, of of the intake for the um for or 44 percent of 16 17 year olds went into the infantry in 2012 to 2013. now that's uh, that's and that was way more than any other um any other you know section of the armed forces whether it's the medical corps or whether it was um being an officer's aide or anything else and so what that particularly worries me is is exploitation of, of really mm-hmm. of, of of young people who've got no hope and actually if, uh, just coming back to what erin mentioned and what rihanna's been talking about about the fact that there's push and pull factors here so the push factor is that there's a lot of these young guys who live on you know towns ex-fishing towns say on the north coast of Aberdeenshire or ex-mining towns on the west coast of Scotland. And it's not just in Scotland as well, other places in Wales, in Northern England, places which have been left into managed decline by years of conservative government for which there's very little for them. So that's that's the push, and there's almost nothing there. And then the pool is that they're being sold something. They're being sold a sense of belonging, and we know it goes hand in hand with a mental health crisis amongst young men mm-hmm. in this country. That they're being sold something, a chance to belong, a chance to have friends, a chance to have somebody to talk to. And I just think that's so shockingly sad and depressing. And so I think that's playing into it as well, is that these push and pull factors, both the years of deprivation, the government mis-selling something that doesn't actually exist, and exploitating our young Scottish people. Yeah, and it's it's super creepy, um, isn't it? This kind of, uh, the current campaign, the this is belonging. Um, and I'm just having a look at the um, advertising agency that's been used by the MOD, and this is this is what they say um, on how they how they help to promote this uh, this is belong campaign. And they say that this desire to belong, one of psychology's most powerful drivers, became the core motivating message in this year's recruitment campaign. And for me, I find that really really uneasy. This kind of notion yeah. that there are these boys, these children out there who are at a stage of their life where they're trying to, um, you know, find an identity, you know, they want to make their way in the world, you know, they often want to, feel, they feel that they have to prove themselves mm-hmm. as, as men, um, you know, you're at that stage where you're becoming an, an, an adult, and this kind of psychological and emotional um, aspect is just being exploited. Yeah, and I think what Jim said right at the start um, was they're making the 16 and 17 year olds who are being recruited are making up a shortfall we're seeing a crisis in recruitment in the british military at the moment and i feel like this reluctance to to have this conversation about why we are the only eu country only nato country to still recruit at 16 and it's not even 16 it's 15 years and nine and nine months 15 years at nine months you can you can be signed up to the army um you know that conversation isn't being had at a national level because there is currently a mass crisis of recruitment and we need to talk about that the army isn't a viable career for many young people at the moment and and actually now the army are using young people as soft targets they're they're just bombarding them with glamorous images of this glamorous lifestyle that they can obtain for me this whole conversation about alienation i mean i know 
And other things that I do, I talk about, you know, Jimmy Reed's famous speech where he talks about the alienation of, of people from, from humanity. And like you've said, Jim, there is, I feel, a bit of a crisis going on with um, young men and mental health. It's a conversation that must be had. And I feel like this the current media campaign that we're seeing, you know, belong, earn a, earn a wage, like, it's just capitalising on all of the shortfalls that the UK government are failing in young men at the moment. I think that you have to recruit at some age. I, I think that and mm-hmm. I think that we, we probably need an armed forces. And I just think 18, it's a, it's a decent enough age. There will be people who are younger mentally 18 and older mentally 18. We have to set the age uh, somewhere. I think it's 18. But what really worries me and what really you know upsets me really is that you can be 15 years and, and seven months or nine months. Mm-hmm. And, and let's seven. talk through the process here. Seven. Yeah, mm-hmm. seven months. Um, let's talk through the process here. Erin is about that age. And if you know, we were to take care and go for the process, she could join up. For the infantry, seven, you know, uh, 15 years and seven months. At that point, what parental consultation is needed? A signature on a form. The recruiter knows, never requires to meet her parents at any point. At that point, she could then go into the infantry. Um, and then we're talking about what sort of qualifications do they offer. There was a report on vocational education, you know, the kind of stuff that's offered in the armed forces and in other sections of society. And uh, they, they did a specific section on, on the you know, the skills and grades that are, um, you know, of, uh, courses that are available in the armed forces. And the Wolf Report of Vocational Education says, and I quote, uh, that, the, that, the, um, that the courses were completely substandard, uh, not equivalent to GCSEs or a national level. National uh, Yeah, and they did not support career progression outside the armed forces. Mm-hmm. So at that level, we've got somebody who's 15 years and seven months who's been sold this as an alternative to the college-based system, perhaps they're academically disengaged and they want something different. Even if they then stick out, I mean, 40% of, of these people quit mm-hmm. the, the infantry uh, or the armed forces within... within um, within a few months of having joined, they're then more likely to be academically disengaged. But even if they stay on and they get to the age of 18, they normally end up serving actually what's technically a six-year contract compared to the four-year contract that 18-year-olds um, go. Now, can, you know, you can obviously tell I'm very passionate about this, so I'll let somebody <laughs> else speak in a minute. But the last thing I'd say is that when you get 18, if you join up at 16, you know, you serve until you're 18, and then when you're 18, you continue on for four years, as most of them do, or a lot of them do. Um, and you're deployed to Iraq or Afghanistan, you're twice as likely to die, up to twice as likely to die, wow. and up to seven times more likely to suffer from PTSD, post-traumatic stress and uh, disorder, to suffer from mental health, to suffer from um, ill health. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just an absolute crisis. So as I said, I don't have a problem whatsoever with 18-year-olds joining up. I just think 15 years and seven months is too young. Yeah. And I think it's absolute madness that we consider anything else otherwise. I'm interested to hear what Erin thinks about this, because how, how old are you, Erin, just so people know? 15 years and eight and a half months. So, so you could be recruited right now, you could yeah. sign up, and how do you, like, because obviously there's an argument, and you know, we, we have spoken about this before, and people use the argument of, oh well, you can vote at 16, so why can't you join the army at 16, why can't you make that decision? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what do you think about that? Well, one, you're joining the UK Armed Forces and the Conservatives have made sure that 16-year-olds can't vote. They they say maybe we're not mature enough, you know. Well, Mm. if you're not mature enough to vote, then you're surely not mature enough to join the Armed Forces and be trained up. But in Scotland, obviously, you can vote. In Scotland, you can, but you also can't buy knives. You can't join the police force. You can't buy fireworks. Um, So you can't play... Call of Duty, is it? Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, you can't, yeah, all, those all related to um, 
A, maturity, B, what it can do to your mental health. Mm -hmm. So if you can't play um, with a gun on a computer game, then how can you use a gun in real life? Yeah. I just don't make that correlation. I remember, I remember talking to the um, to the um, person who was the main recruiter for Strathclyde Police um, at a conference I was at. I said to him, so what age do you recruit for the police at? He said, 18. Uh, and I said, um, 18 to 21, mostly 21-year-olds. And I said, oh, why is that? And he said, oh, we mostly hire university graduates, but, you know, we also take people from high school, and that's age 18. But I'd say it's 50-50 between 18 and 21. I said, oh, the armed forces hire at 16. Why don't you? He said, because they're not mentally ready. Because yeah. they're not mentally ready to cope with the rigours of policing Britain streets. And I think it's important to point out, at, at, like, on that note, we're not saying they're not mentally ready to make that decision about their career and in, in, in the life. They're maybe not mentally ready to deal with the lifestyle that the armed forces brings with it. And I think that's kind of shown with the PTSD and, and the problems coming out the other end of it. I fully believe and I fully support Votes at 16 because I fully believe that it engages young people in uh, participatory politics. It makes people think about their, the democratic system that they, that they sit within. It empowers young people. Um, but I think that, you know, giving people putting people in the environment of an armed forces setting is not the same as allowing someone to vote at 16. Like like Jim just said, um, or like Erin just said, sorry, Erin um, can't play Call of Duty until she's 18. She can't buy it, she can't watch it. Um, there's many uh, movies that you can't watch until you're 18 because of the violent content. Why on earth would we subject them to, to that environment if, if we can't even let them watch it on TV or, or play it in a video game. I think there's questions to be answered. And I, I, I believe me personally, the argument of comparing it to Votes at 16 just doesn't stand up. What an incredible opportunity for Votes at 16, yeah. I think, I think at some point, and it's something that the Scottish Parliament is going to have to look into, and we're getting a bit off topic here, but I think at some point the Scottish Parliament is going to have to look into a complete review on all age limits on, on everything, on buying alcohol, on buying, um, you know, uh, sort of um, violent movies on joining the armed forces and all of these things because our system as it is is ad hoc put together over a number of years and a complete mess I think that it'll be a long time coming because it's not a vote winner it's not a vote winner to sit down and say you can't do this you can do this um, but it, it's getting to the point now where there needs to be a complete and utter review because I don't think there know. needs to be a complete and utter review I think you know things are in place for a reason you know I'm, I'm quite happy with the fact that people can't um, watch violent images or, or buy Call of Duty or Grand Theft Auto, you know, there's some things in Grand Theft Auto that I am just appalled at. Um, you know, I'm, I'm quite glad that you can't purchase that until you're 18, really. Um, and likewise with alcohol, with smoking, you know, I think these there's things there for reasons, buying knives, like you cited Erin. I think the things we need to look at is military recruitment. That's Yeah, and to, to go back to that, um, you know, in 2014, an Ipsos Mori poll found that 77% of the public are in favour of mm -hmm. raising the minimum age for recruitment. So I think there is, um, you know, there should be political will for this. Um, and, you know, it's not just the public who are in favour of it. Um, there's all of these uh, active charities and groups that have that are making the case to raise the minimum age of, of recruitment. You know, the UK Parliament's own committees on human rights and the defence committee and the equality and human rights committee have all suggested that the minimum age of um, military recruitment needs to be raised to, to 18. Well and also it's not just that I mean literally it's one of the things that Corbyn changed uh, as, as Labour Party policy so um, having a review 
into uh, the age of recruitment. It's uh, now Labour Party policy. It was put in the manifesto for this general election. Mm -hmm. It's also Green Party um, policy. And in fact, it's Scottish parliamentary. There was a, a motion passed at the Scottish Parliament, um, a Green Party motion that got the support of all the Green MSPs and about 15, 20 SNP MSPs. Um, and I think two Labour as well, calling for uh, a review into the um, British Army's, uh, uh, you yeah. know, British Armed Forces recruitment age. So there's, it's now a broad swathe of opinion. This isn't, you know, an isolated thing. You know, mm -hmm. as we says, it's 77% support, 78% in Scotland and the Labour Party and the Green Party. And I know for a fact that um, Alistair Carmichael and Ian Murray both support raising age recruitment to 18. Mm -hmm. So it isn't it isn't a minority, you know, independent, you know, Scottish nationalist view. This is this is all out there on the broad left, and it's something that I definitely think we should be talking about. Mm -hmm. I think it's also Im important to note just international standards. I mean, Race, mm -hmm. you're you've, you've got a doctorate in international relations. What what what's your view on kind of the international standards of? Well, the UK is only one of 19 countries worldwide that, to recruit 16-year-olds. Um, uh, it's also the only uh, European member state, a member of NATO, to recruit 16-year-olds. Um, so I think clearly there is a case to raise the age of recruitment in line with, with other countries to 18. Mm -hmm. um, You've also got the, uh, the UN's uh, Rights of a Child Mm -hmm. uh, to protect young people from armed conflict. You also have the Geneva Convention, which cites that uh, anyone wearing a military uniform is legitimately a mi military target. And so even if you have signed up to be um, uh, for, no matter what what part of the military you join under the Geneva Convention, if, if you are wearing a military uniform, you're a legitimate military target. And for me, that's that, that really, really frightens me. Um, that we're not taking that part seriously. Um, and when we talk about this, we do kind of fail to mention that just putting young people in, in, in this kind of environment makes them legitimate military targets. I think there's also um, a sort of... So it goes back to the old argument of, um, you know, if I was a conservative, because there were probably, you know, there were conservatives out there and the conservatives government at the moment, if I was talking to a conservative about why we should raise the minimum age recruitment, I would say that actually recruiting 16 year olds costs a hell of a lot of money. It does. You, you need to you need to provide them with a level of support, with a level of guidance, uh, with a level of education that you don't need to provide 18 year olds with. And so um, I think it was Child Soldiers International and also some other NGOs have done a study on how much it would save if they raised the age recruitment from um, 16 to 18. And you're talking about a saving of £50 million a year. £50 million mm -hmm. to recruit. And it's about 2,000 um, 16, 17-year-olds to recruit a year. If you stop recruiting them, you'd save £50 million. And that money could easily be spent instead on recruiting 18-year-olds or on better equipment, on you know, benefits for veterans, on literally anything else. It's 16, 17 years are not value for money if you're a taxpayer. And that's even why down south there's some you know people in the Conservative Party support this. I know John Glenn, who's a Conservative MP, he favours raising age recruitment to 18. And it's because it's simply you know, the value for the taxpayer just isn't here. Yeah. So there's also a, a view of what's happening on the world stage at the moment and, and where's the world going in terms of military capabilities just this week. I mean... I am over the blooming moon that the UN decided to adopt uh, the treaty ban, uh, which is that nuclear weapons are now illegal mm. in the world forevermore. Like, nuclear weapons are illegal. Um, and so that kind of completely lifted my spirits this week, but it also had a kind of deeper deeper meaning of maybe the world is moving towards a place of, of 
of demilitarization that that actually we're moving towards a peacekeeping world that we we recognize that this kind of like militarized ultra weapons of mass destruction is no longer no longer the norm anymore in fact we should be moving towards smaller armies um moving towards just working with our cap- with our own capabilities um and I, and i think you know with a view to an independent scotland what would scotland's capabilities be what would we actually need like for for instance you know we would need maybe um a strong naval uh, a strong naval uh, army because because we have uh, so much coastline and and would we actually need that many people in a standing army and this beautiful notion of maybe we could have uh, an army of peacekeepers that go throughout the world and 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 talk about uh, resolving conflicts rather than contributing to them but can we can we do that mm-hmm. I, I think there's a number of really interesting uh, points to bring in there. And actually, in the contribution that the UN has made to um, you know, getting the uh, UK to recruit at 18 rather than 16, they've delivered a judgment of the UK's child protection laws every five years, basically with every new government that there has been for the past 20 years. And every single one of those has said, raise, please raise the age recruitment to 18, please mm-hmm. do it. And the UK has always just gone, we'll think about it or no. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think they've contributed a hell of a lot, and we're really looking at moving forward and, and going somewhere with this. In terms of what Scotland can be doing around the world when it was independent, I'm so excited for that. Uh, you talked about the Navy. The Navy doesn't particularly at the moment recruit 16, 17 years at all. No. It, it takes about 10% of the intake, which is about 200 a year um, or, on average, so not very many at all. Um, and I think that's good, and I think we can be, you know, so if the Navy doesn't need them, then our Navy wouldn't need them. In terms of what Scotland can be doing around the world, I mean, if we were looking at places like building up countries like the Congo, like Afghanistan, like these places which uh, maybe need a bit of support and we can work with uh, around the world, um, one of the big problems that's there at the moment is young men being recruited by ISIS in Syria, young men being recruited in the Congo aged 15, 17, you know, 16, we're seeing child, child soldiers in in Syria being used by, by ISIS. But I find it really, really sort of odd that at the same time this is going on, we recruit at um, 16 yeah. and 15 years and seven months as well. Actually, ISIS says that you're not allowed to go into the front lines until you're 17 years old. Um, but I think that Scotland can be going to can be doing really, really great things around the world with an army of peacekeepers with uh, and with protecting on borders, certainly better than the UK does at the moment. Yeah, it's insane, isn't it? Um, and there's a reason why Child Soldiers International has a campaign focused on the UK. So how how do we get raising the age of recruitment from 16 to 18? Um, particularly, I think we've talked a lot about the infantry, particularly for combat roles um, as policy in Scotland, as law in Scotland. Um, what do you guys think? Well, it's currently a re- reserved issue. Um, so Scotland currently has no say on it unless you count, you know, our elected representatives in Westminster. Um, so really what, what we'd be looking for is substantial change in Westminster policy um, on this issue or something radical to happen to the constitution whereby Scotland could have uh, powers over uh, defence policy, um, which, you know, I think everyone here would be in agreement that we should have powers over our own defence policy um, and, and therefore powers over recruitment age. And, you know, independence is a big hope for that, but, you know, we don't know when independence will happen. I would like to see the age of military recruitment raised before before that point. Um, so, so it would need to be substantial change in, in policy down at Westminster. I think I think it's really difficult. I think there's three points of hope here. 
First of all, it's exactly as you said, independence so that Scotland can make up its own mind. We know that in the Scottish Parliament, most of our MS, most MPs and most MSPs are, are really in favour. There's been a couple of motions in the Scottish Parliament about this, and the Greens as well. And 78% so, of the Scottish population yeah. believe in raising the age of military recruitment. Exactly. So that's one. Independence. That's, that's the, probably the best way of getting it done. Second, um, a radical Labour left government gets in who rely upon Plaid and and the SN uh, and the SNP, and then some sort of influence can be made to get the radical Labour left to support this. I know, I know, although I know, even Emily Formbury has said that she's concerned because um, because she thinks that um, you know a lot of a lot of sixteen seventeen year olds have a great time and learn great skills. So I think that we can't rely upon upon although Jeremy Corbyn's in favour, I don't think we can rely upon all of Labour to even get this through. So the third thing is. What about the establishment themselves? What about the British establishment themselves? Well, we've talked about the taxpayer and how much mm-hmm. this costs them. There can some Conservatives in favour of raising it, and I know for a fact that right now the um, Ministry of Defence is doing a complete review of all recruitment policies. Mm-hmm. That includes, you know, um, the advertising, which is new and coming out. It recruits, you know, going to schools. It includes recruiting at 16. And so there's a complete review in this. You can do FOIs, but you can't get the information, but that information will be coming out in about two years' time. So it could even be that the military themselves support raising age recruitment mm-hmm. to 18 in about two years' time. So I would say those are our three hopes. Independence, radical Labour government, um, you, you know, who can hopefully, and we, that we can put influence and pressure on, and the British establishment changing themselves. Yeah, I mean, I don't, let's be honest, I don't have much hope for the last one in the British establishment suddenly having an enlightenment and, and raising the age um, to 18. As we've spoke about, we, there is a crisis at the moment that would, in recruitment that would suggest otherwise um, that, that they're not going to raise the age. Um, what I would say on this, though, I, I think the important point was civil society believes, like, what is it, 77% in the UK believe that uh, military recruitment should be raised to 18, 78% in Scotland specifically believe that the age of recruitment to be ra- should be raised to 18. I think, you know, just like anything, it needs to be a campaign that people just get behind. It needs to be something that people say, you know, like was done in the UN with, the, with uh, nuclear weapons. People just say, do you know what? I want our country, our nation, be it Scotland or the UK, to adhere to international standards and not recruit 16-year-olds or 15-year-olds in seven months into our military forces. I think it's something that people need to educate themselves on and just get behind this um, get behind this policy. Something that I wanted to ask you, John, because I know you're I know you're really knowledgeable on it. When I when I talk about people, you know, getting the information, the FOIs and things like that, what what do the what do the, what does the British military currently what information do they currently hold on this? Do they have a gender breakdown? Do they have um, attainment rates? Do they you know because I, I know they did stop recording some data. What did what's the story there? So that's a, a really complicated question. I don't have all of the data at hand, but the MOD launches um, that has a yearly um, diversity review of their recruitment figures. This is broke, uh, broken down into age range. Broken down into gender background, it's broken down into equality. You know, um, uh, backgrounds. Um, you know, people being uh, BME or etc. What they don't have is they don't have age and gender, for example. So you won't get how many 16, 17 year olds are female or male, or how many of them are BME. But you do get general how many recruits mm-hmm. are BME or etc. Um, so, so that's that's yeah what, what the evidence is. Yeah, interestingly, on this, they, up until 2014, they used to 
um, release this information in an annual um, personnel report they released twice a year. Um, but after 2014, they did a review and they stopped this practice. Um, so now they don't have the breakdown of age and gender or age and background, and they also don't break it down into um, 16 to 18 year olds and then 18 and above. Um, it's basically under 20. So, um, you know, it's really interesting if you look at how the MOD is not transparent on this issue and has like actively decided to be less transparent, you know, two mm-hmm. years ago. I think basically, <coughs> since we've seen the Conservatives been in, in, in government um, for a while, I've been following this quite closely, there's just been a general, you know, decreasing transparency from the MOD as time's gone on. Um, so, for example, they used to record figures on when, where and why the MOD visited um, schools that no longer happens. Uh, they used, you know, this gender uh, and, and sort of um, stuff about diversity as well, as you said, no longer happens. So I think there's a general problem there with the MOD just ceasing to be accountable. Um, but in terms of, I think Rhiannon came on this point, which is, was a very, very good one, about, um, about this has 78% support. Can you, can you even imagine if any policy had support of 78% of the Scottish people? Yeah. We, we, would, we would kill for that. Well, if we had 70, I mean, not even rail nationalisation has 78% support, for God's sake, or, yeah. or you know, green energy subsidies. Nothing has 78 support, yet, you know, 78% of the Scottish people want the age recruitment to be 18 or above. Yeah. Like, we would do anything for support like that on any other policy, yet this like is controversial. An, it just seems like a bit of an easy win. Yeah, like it's it's yeah. something that everyone agrees with. It's something that everyone um, c- could could get behind. It seems like something that could be easily passed. Um, you know, with with the with the what's the word with the fragile nature of the, of the UK government at the moment. You know, if the SNP adopted this as policy, got behind Labour and the Greens, you know, if they all got together, this this seems like a really easy win. And so, let's do it. Let's blooming do it. Yeah. It's just it's exciting. Let's just. Get our country in line with international standards. Let's raise the age of military recruitment to 18. Um, yeah, let's bloody do it. And if we did it, it's just another example of the SNP being a progressive European party right at the forefront of international human rights. Yes, Cast was brought to you by Young Scots for Independence and episode four was brought to you by Rhys Crilly, Aaron Membro, Rhiannon Spear and me, Jim Wyke. It was recorded and edited by Gavin Lundy and you can find uh, YesCast on www.facebook.com slash YesCast and more episodes on iTunes. Young Scots for Independence is taking a motion on raising the age recruitment from um, 16 to 18 for all roles involving combat training in the armed forces to the SNP conference in Glasgow in October, and we need your help. If you would like more information or if you would like to um, get your branch to adopt the motion or if you would like to get your elected member to adopt the motion, please, please reach out to us at uh, Young Scots for Independence on Facebook or at YSI National on Twitter. We'd love to get your help.